Oh my gosh, so it's been a short minute since I've actually done a podcast. I know it's been a while. I've been busy. Um, man, so so you guys know that I, I don't work as an RN anymore. I've been doing the whole um, family practice thing and, this, and the, um, the psych NP thing. And um, it's been crazy because, yeah, so just... Okay, so I guess the way I'm going to start out this episode, because I wasn't sure what I was going to talk about today. I don't know if I was going to talk about Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. Dude, that's just, that, on a side note, that's like super messed up. That fool has some serious issues. He needs to own up to it, and everyone needs to stop giving him, giving him some slack, uh, or giving him some slack for, for attacking someone else. I don't, get, I don't give a shit if you were standing up for your fucking, your wife should not freaking be condoning that kind of behavior you know what i mean because they wouldn't want you getting in a physical brawl you know that's just selfish i don't know whatever anyways um i just switched jobs um my previous job so for this is going to be more geared towards people that are done with their rn they want to get their np they don't know what route they want to do they don't know if they want to be if they want to be in family practice or if they want to be in the psychiatric side of it and uh, I'm going to say this now because I forgot to say it a little bit earlier. It's a disclaimer. Um, this is not informational advice for you guys. This is all fictional. It's not meant to be taken seriously. If you do want advice regarding all this, all these type of things, you should seek out a professional to get professional advice. Um, and anything that I say as far as, as examples, they are fictional characters. They are not real. They are made up. So that's my little disclaimer um, in the beginning. Anyways, so um, I work right now with mostly my, um, mainly my psychiatric, um, my psychiatric uh, NP. Um, and that, I love it. I love doing it. And the things I like about it, because everyone's always on the fence. It's usually when I talk to someone and they're asking me, why did you switch over from FNP? And then why are you doing psych NP? The money's got to be great. I hear so many great things. They're really high paid. They're almost paid as high as like nurse anesthetist, blah, 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 blah. And honestly, I just like the job. Okay. Straight up. I like the job. I hated doing, or I don't hate it, but I didn't like doing IT work. I didn't like, like, it's just, it's a whole different, it's a whole different thing. Okay. Um, it's definitely a different role than it is being, than, than it is being an RN. So I'm going to touch on this a little bit because I had a student and normally I'm like good with my students that I get, you know, they're on point, they're trying to be helpful. They're doing what they can. <laughs> this changed my whole perspective. I'm like going to be, cause normally I'm not picky about getting a student. I'm just like, ah, but, um, you know, right now there is a freaking dire need for, for, um, for psychiatric nurse practitioner preceptors. Okay. I'll tell you that right now. There is a freaking need and it is hard to get placement. Um, schools offer, schools tell you that they'll get you placement and some of them don't deliver unless you're paying the big bucks. Um, and even then they still have a hard time trying to find placement for, for some of their students, unless they have some kind of agreement. Um, but yeah, it's, it's my whole perspective of that has changed. I'll do that in a whole different podcast, but yeah, I have, I'm going to be very, very strict on who I'm going to accept as a student now because I don't take, 
you know, I don't accept money. You know, a lot of preceptors will charge like 2,000 bucks, 2,500, and you know what? Straight up, that is completely fine. You, if you're, if you're a student looking for a preceptor and you're bitching about preceptors that charge, you're fucking crazy, okay? You're fucking crazy because they put in a lot of work. Even if it looks like they're not doing anything, they're letting you charge. You know how much you're slowing them down? If they're nice enough to let you charge. You know what I mean? Um, dude, I've been three hours overtime on my, on my own time. Let me not say overtime. On my own time because my student was complaining about not charting, but they didn't want to do an assessment. But I'm going to save that all for... Um, I'm going to save that all for later, okay? I'm going to save that all for another podcast, so I have something to talk about. But anyways, the the role that I have right now, I've been doing... Um, I was working in the hospital um, with my psych NP, and it was, and I was working... I was doing telehealth. Um, I was also doing... Um, I was working in office, so I, got ex- so I got exposed to all the different sides of it, and I like it. You know, all of them I like. You know, I... I being in the office is fine, I guess. I mean, I guess that's the one that I like the least because I'm not moving about. I don't have the freedom to my own setup. Um, working in the office was okay. The way the workflow goes, for those of you that are interested, or unless you've seen your, unless you have a psychiatrist um, that you see or a therapist, or the workflow would be patient comes in if it's an initial visit, patient comes in. Um, they're establishing their care. You greet them. Hopefully the front desk is helping out and they're getting all the paperwork. Um, they're getting all the paperwork set up. So all the consent forms and all that good stuff is all signed up and they're ready to go consenting for treatment, all that. You take the patient and unless you're one of the few lucky providers, you get a medical assistant, which I haven't seen yet in any of these places or in my area. And you have a medical assistant get the blood pressure and the weight for you and the height and you go ahead and you do that you get that you have to take them if you don't have one you have to go do it yourself which is fine super easy super simple right um my only gripe about having to do that is that if you have follow-up visits and you have someone that is on a medication that increases blood pressure um you know if they're a child and they're on adhd medication and you're measuring like their growth and dude that is You have 15, like, the place, like, a lot of places, I'm not going to say, like, like, specifically because it's different everywhere, a lot of places will give you a 15-minute follow-up visit, 15 to 20 minutes, okay? That's a lot of time, but you subtract, you know, having to walk them over to, to the, um, to the, uh, to get weighed, and then now you subtract five minutes from that because then you have to get a blood pressure as well, too. And then maybe subtract another two to three minutes because you took a blood pressure and it was way off because the person is is super nervous and they're having like white coat hypertension. So you don't have to you don't have too much time. So that's that's my gripe about that. But sit down at your chair, you do your thing, you have a computer in front of you, or you have paper charting, and you go ahead and you chart away while they're talking. And then you can approach it in two different ways. Um, me, I type while they're talking. Okay, some providers don't like to do that. It just depends on your style, your approach, and how comfortable you are with it. Um, I can type pretty quick, so as they're talking to me, all they, they think I'm not listening sometimes, and I'm like, and I'll be having a full-on conversation with them and asking them total, totally different things than what I'm typing. Um, and it's it can either slow you down or it can like improve your improve or your probably it'll probably improve your speed. Um, just because some people don't like the type and they don't like the chart on the computer, I do. I love it. I love all the shortcuts. 
Um, for those of you that decide that you're gonna be charting on the computer, learn to type quick, learn the shortcuts, and learn what you need to type and what you need to fill out, and that's gonna save you like a headache because I can't even tell you like when you first learn these charting systems and you're trying to navigate it, you can be like familiar with, let's say, like Epic, Cerner, um, uh, Next Gen, Karyo, True. Um, you know, it's it's really tough because you have to know where to click. And then some of these things don't even offer like little presets where it'll tell you exactly, like it'll give you like the list of symptoms where you can just click on it. And you'll know what to click on after a while because you're like, okay, I know this is exactly where depression is. I know this is where anxiety is. I know this is where nausea and vomiting is. And so you can easily quick and fly through that. If you can't, then you're probably manually typing it out and it sucks to do that. Um, dictation, if you guys have a place that uses dictation, learn to use it. I don't care how fast you type, learn to use it because dictating is faster than typing, okay? I freaking type like 118 words per minute. Like, I shit you not. And like, I was like dictating extremely slow when I was picking it up and I was learning it. And it was the toughest thing in the world and I chose to just type all my notes because I'm like, man, I type way faster than I than I dictate. I got tired of it and I was like, dude, I'm starting to get some carpal tunnel. And so I ended up learning to dictate with Dragon. Dude, it is golden. Once you get the flow of it, it is golden because you know what you're going to say. You don't have to search for information. Like you, you can get, you can get through it so quick <clears throat> and it is faster than typing, you know? Um, and as you start to enunciate things and you start to pronounce things, it starts to understand your style of speaking um, when you're making these corrections. So you only get faster. Um, now your visits, mine were, were, um, were an hour. I want to say my visits are an hour. No, 40 minutes and then 15 minutes to, um, to, to do um, the charting is what they, they tell you. But usually, unless you're really fast and you're, you're grabbing everything quickly or you're familiar with the patient, can you get it done super quick and not have to worry about going over time? Um, when you get used to it, your charting could be from... Because it's a lot different than doing a medical assessment. When you do like a medical assessment, you're looking for symptoms, you're just asking them basic questions. You don't even go too deep into it. Um, it's pretty quick to do. I could probably do an HPI and like freaking like man 15 minutes and then when you do uh when you do a like when you do your full-on hpi for a psychiatric note it is in depth and you can't you know it's hard to like not rush them when you're going through it so you got to make sure you pace yourself um and that can be frustrating for some people because you just want the information if you can't redirect the person or you can't explain to them that you need this information you're gonna go on into a full psychotherapy session and not even realize not even realize it if you cannot manage your time efficiently and you can't keep the person on track because then you know they're not to blame because if you think about it this person's coming in because they're having something going on in their life they're having some trauma they're having something is bothering them that they actually took the time and effort to see there's something going on that they that they took the time out of their life to see you you know so that's that's a really that's a really big thing. You want to be able to respect that. You want to you don't want to you don't want to turn you don't want your patient to feel like you're not listening to them because you know especially in something like psychiatry, I think a lot of 
I think a lot of people sometimes forget that because you get burned out. <clears throat> if you if you don't have that rapport with the patient, they're not going to want to talk to you. They're not going to trust you. They're not going to want to. They're not going to want to you know, divulge anything that's happened in their day, what they're experiencing. You can have a severely depressed patient who's telling you otherwise. Um, and then at the same time too, you got to be familiar enough to be able to decipher what a borderline is, borderline major depression, a bipolar, like, you know what I mean? You got to be able to catch that. If not, then you, it's, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be pretty, it's going to be pretty tough in the beginning. And it always is tough in the beginning. School never teaches you all the things that that you feel you should know. And then everyone always complains about that. They're like, man, my school doesn't teach. And I said this in my other, I said this in my other podcasts, dude, it is not, it's truly not up to the school to freaking teach you. You're a grown person. Every single program is like this. There's no such thing as a program where they're going to hold your hand and they're going to be like, we need you to study this. No, dude, they're going to freaking tell you like, yo, we need you to read these chapters. If you don't read it, that's on you. And then, you know, most of the time people will take the easy way out, you know, they'll study for just a test, but they're not going to study the material or they're not, they're not going to have interest in it to where they're not going to want to, they're not going to want to understand what they're doing. They're going to think, okay, let's just do, um, let's just do a uh, Zola for every single person that comes in. <laughs> um, but yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't, it definitely doesn't work that way. Um, your clinical experience is, is a lot. It is an insane amount because even with the studying, um, going into the office and being on your own, like your license is on the line and it's your, and it's your own license. Okay. You earned this. You worked hard for this. You took the boards for this. You got certified for this. You did some, you did school for like six years just to get the opportunity, just to get the opportunity to freaking to, to practice, dude. That's why it's so important. I've, I've at, at some points I've told my patients whenever they try pushing and I know something's like, and I feel something's unsafe and I'm not comfortable with it. I will straight up tell them, I will be like, you know what? I'm really uncomfortable doing this. And you know, I want, you know, I care about your safety and it's not safe to approach it this way. You know, I understand you want, and I'm just making this up off the top of my head. I understand you want like freaking six milligrams of Xanax every day, but you happen to be on like a bunch of pain meds and you happen to be on, you know, uh, a bunch of, and you're, you're freaking smoking weed every single day. <laughs> and you're telling me like, you're anxious and you're like, no dude, no bro. Like, you know, if, if you, and you're the provider, you're going to make the call. You can deny it. You just justify it. You know, it's not safe. It's uncertain, you know, and you know, don't be afraid if they push you because a lot of patients will be upset and they're going to threaten. They're going to push you. Some of them physically threaten you. And, you know, you go by your gut instinct. You know, you do what's best for the patient and best for yourself. And that's like straight up. That's common sense. But a lot of the times, if you don't approach, if you don't approach it appropriately, you know, you get taken advantage of. And that's when, you know, I'll see like a lot of, I'll see a lot of patients that will come, they'll come to me. And I'm going to, I'm like wondering how the hell did you get to like, no one stopped you or no one tried to figure something out and no one tried to lecture you and you were going up in your Ativan and now you're at set amount, you know, every single day and you're not even on a single like SSRI or SNRI or anxiolytic other than, a, you know what I mean? Other than Ativan, <clears throat> like dude, so 
I know I'm getting like sidetracked, you guys. It's been a long day. I, I need to finish up my charting and all that. Um, but I'll do that once I get to, to LA. Anyways, <clears throat> um, it, those are the type of things that run through your mind is you're the provider. And then, as I said, in the office, you're just charting, you're doing your thing. And it could be like, depending on where you're at and where they place you, it could be a really tiny room. I've been in some super tiny rooms where it's almost, it's felt really claustrophobic and you're in there for like 10 or 12 hours a day. <clears throat> and I don't mind it. I like the work. I don't mind it too much, but I'd prefer telehealth over that. And with telehealth, um, that people that want to go ahead and look into telehealth, um, I freaking love it. I freaking love telehealth. You know, it's not even, it goes beyond the fact that you can wake up, brush your teeth, throw on your clothes and you don't have to commute to work. You know, you don't have to deal like you don't have to have all your coworkers around you. You can grab a meal because your refrigerator's right there. Your bathroom's freaking across the hallway in your house. You know, what I mean, you could have lunch at your house without rushing to get back to work. You know, it's not even that. It's you get the opportunity to. Um, oops, sorry guys. I'm like putting on my. I have to restart my autopilot. I don't know why it was like not going over on its own or why it wasn't triggering on its own. Um, anyways, um, it, it's being able to have your own setup. Okay. I'm a, my background's, um, it, like my backgrounds, I don't even like saying it. That shit sounds stupid as hell. My background is it with, is with computers. Okay. I'm just say that my background's with computers. You know, I love it. I love messing with it. I'm not going to say like I'm some hardcore gamer or I'm some freaking like programmer. No, fuck no, dude. It's, it's just a hobby. It's always been my hobby. I did it for work for a while, but it's just my hobby. But if you're into that stuff, it is amazing when you get, it's amazing when you get a chance and you get an opportunity to like, Ooh, what's everyone stopping for? Sorry. Everyone is just stopping right here. And it has me concerned. Um, but it gives you an opportunity to utilize everything you have. And if you're really good with resources, you can make it work. You can make a freaking crappy ass. You don't have to go out and buy a damn freaking iMac. You don't have to go out and freaking buy the newest Alienware or Dell laptop or gaming laptop or, or freaking desktop rig. You don't have to buy all that crap, dude. If you're, if you take the time to like research it, you can come up with a dope ass setup. Like, like my setup right now that I'm using for my telehealth um, I have, it's, it's overkill, but I mean, it's overkill because it's, but I'm using everything that I already had, you know, cause I, I play some games. I freaking, I do some work on the computer. I, I dabble in that stuff. So I had all these different monitors and parts left over. So I have a three screen setup. Um, one screens in front of me, two on the side. It's your basic setup with how you'd imagine three screens to look, look like, like if you were to Google it right now, it would be a three screen setup. And then I usually put the chart right in front of me. I have my, um, I have my surface. Um, I have either my surface pro right in front of me or my surface go, or I have my, um, my galaxy S S seven in front of me. And so I can just write down quick notes that I need to jot. Um, I have a freaking writing tablet that's on the left side of that. If I decide I don't want to use that, or I want to fill out PDFs directly on the computer, which which is super convenient because you don't have to photocopy. You just sign the PDF from a, from another app on your computer with the device that you have. Okay. Um, I'm able to see the patient in front. I'm able to see the patient in front of me, interact with them. I have the chart open in front of me and I have a third screen. So one screen's for the patient, 
one screen's for the chart and the other screen is for any resources that I need to look up. So let's say I forgot like the dosage of a medication or you know what what I might want to like run labs for or what I might want to monitor. Um, I have another screen where I can just reference all that. You know, every, there's there's another screen completely separate for that. Um, if the patient's telling me something, I can make quick notes and jot that down in front of the tablet in front of me, um, rather than having to minimize one of the screens and and write on and write it down on the desktop. Um, so I have access to all that. It's comfortable, you know. It's it's everything is set up exactly the way that I like it. And when you're in an office setting, it's really it's hard to have a setup like that. Because one, they're not going to give you stuff you don't need. Obviously, the stuff I have, I don't need, but I'm freaking efficient as a mother lover with it, okay? I'm super efficient. Um, as I'm super efficient with it. I can jump around, multiple windows open, downloading files. I can download like a, I want to give them an education teaching. I talk to them about it, but they still have questions. Boom. I already have another screen open, and I already have the education teaching for them. I can upload it to them in the window. There's... So many, there's, I'm sorry, I'm like freaking gassy. There's so many things that you have that you can be doing all at once. And if you're efficient at multitasking and you learn how to use everything that you own really well, then you can, you can freaking do some, you can, you can, you can work pretty damn quick. Okay. Um, one of the, one of my friends was talking about their setup and they were talking about their telehealth setup and they were like, yeah, well, I want to buy a couple of monitors like yours. And then I want a computer that's fast like yours. And then I'm thinking about buying a MacBook so I can take it on the go. And I was like telling them, I was like, dude, what the hell are you talking about? One, you own a MacBook Two, you have a freaking Dell, you know, a Dell that you, Dell that you don't even use. And it's not even a bad spec computer. It's fine. It has an HDMI port. You guys see where I'm going with this? It has an HDMI port. You do buy a monitor buy a monitor buy a single monitor for like 50 bucks buy a monitor if you don't have an extra hdmi cable which you i'm sure you do and if you say you don't you probably have like some dvd player that is not being used and you could just pull it from that or a blu-ray player or whatever right boom you got yourself dual screens you plug it right in you got yourself dual screens you just have to click a button to set it up on windows right um you want three screens shoot there's a way to do that there's freaking adapters that they have for that there's there's so many different ways to do it cheap but people i don't know it's whatever and i used to <laughs> i used to give two shits you know when people and be like oh why don't you do this and then i realized that a lot of times when i'd help people fix their computers or build their setups or do whatever and help them out with it um it didn't it didn't occur to me until like wait years years later when i started working all the time and people were like asking me to do stuff and then they were just like not putting the effort. They were just not putting the effort into it. And I used to recommend shit. Like I'd see them spend a lot of money and I'd be like, why did you do that? Why don't you just do this? And I would help them. Cause I thought I was doing something nice. No, fuck no. <laughs> I do not do that shit for people anymore because I realize that when you do it for them, you know, unless they're showing me fucking interest, they're sitting there with me and they're asking me questions and they're figuring out how I'm setting it up. Then dude, I will fucking, I will set it up for you because you're learning. You're like, you, you want to get it done and you're interested and you're putting in the effort. You're helping me, right? You're helping me. You're being present. Just pisses me off that people will be like, 
oh yeah, you know, I want to add another screen to my desktop and I want to do this and I want to install this. And you, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I can help you out because you want to be the nice guy, you know, and it feels good because it's like, yeah, I know how to do it. You know, no matter what all these like, these fucking, um, no matter what like, like people that work in like the the technology field say, dude, they, they fucking, they feel themselves whenever, I'm going to tell you straight up, they fucking feel themselves whenever they do something stupid and simple like that. They fucking feel themselves. It gives them like a sense of like, oh yeah, I know this. Like, bitch, just get over yourself. That's another reason I, don't, I didn't like fucking working in the IT field. I was around too many, uh, too many people with that mindset. Um, bro, put your shit on freaking autopilot too. Oh my gosh, I almost fucking hit my ass. Okay, anyways. Um, yeah, so, so it's, you know, it's, you can do it, but you should research it. Okay, you should research it. I can tell you how to do it and I can give you all these ideas. Dude, you could even use your fucking tablet as a second screen without it being connected for free. Yes, you can do that shit. Maybe one day I'll start doing like a YouTube channel, but I've been too lazy. I don't even, I do this because I don't have to cut, cut stuff in and out. I don't edit it. I just put it straight in. I don't double check to see if you guys can hear me. This, this recording could be completely blank and I wouldn't even know. It just gives me time to ramble. Okay. But you can, you can do a quick, you can do a setup like that. Um, that's the beauty of working telehealth. Get it? You can be as comfortable as you want and you can be as cheap as you want. Um, and then there's the hospital. Um, I know there's a lot of um, NPs that uh, there's a, not NP, not just NPs, but psych NPs that want to get their hands wet in the hospital. And they're like, "Yeah, dude, I want to get a job in the hospital. That's my main goal." Okay, here's my advice to you. Okay, I've been at both places. I've been at a hospital. I've been at a hospital that is that does not have a dedicated psych unit, and. It was only me and one other, one other, um, one other person running the fucking hospital, and it is not a small hospital, okay? And so we were doing all the consults, all the follow-ups, dude. It is insane. You don't have a team behind you other than your medical team, which is cardiology, neurology, freaking ENT, you know, GI. You have them, but they're not part of the team that you're you normally work with with um with psych you know you have your you do have your social workers in the hospital and you have your case managers right but you don't have um you don't if you're not in a dedicated psychiatric facility then you do not have that that comfort of them you know just doing stuff that they need to do on their side you have to constantly follow up with them you have to do this you have to do that and you have to explain to them why something has to be done sometimes um and then they're Dude, it's it's a mess. It could be overwhelming if you're just like us and you only have two people in a gigantic hospital, and you're trying to cover all these different patients and doctors and freak doctors, NP other NPs and nurses. Oh my gosh, they're pulling at you from all angles, trying to get you to see a patient or saying that hey, you know, I think something's going on. And I always listen to all of them, okay? But it is stressful as heck if you get a job in a a dedicated psychiatric facility, like one that's an actual psychiatric facility, you have those resources available to you and it's freaking, it's chill. Okay. It's not, I'm not going to say it's easy because days are harder than others. It just varies, but it is a lot easier because you have the backup that you need. There's multiple providers that are there that are also, that are also working in psychiatry. You know, the staff, 
you know, they're only looking at one thing. You're not, you know, there's not too much medical stuff going on because most of them that are in there aren't, are already medically stable or they wouldn't be there. They'd be in the, like, they'd be in the main house or they'd be, um, they'd be in the, uh, they'd be in the actual hospital. Um, but yeah, like, cause the only reason I'm mentioning that is because another, uh, another psych NP asked me about how it was working in the hospital and I couldn't explain it to him. I definitely couldn't explain to explain it to him and I felt really bad. Very, very cool person. <clears throat> and I was trying to explain that it like where I was working, since we didn't have that, it was extremely hard. And I you know, I work really, you know, I work fast, okay? I like to be always be busy. I like to work on my toes. I like to be having stuff happen because it makes the day go by quicker. But yeah if you're not, if it's not, you know, it's fast pace. If I was back at, I'm not going to say the name of the hospital, but you know, a a psychiatric hospital, um, it would, it's dude rounds is man. Rounds is rounds is chill, dude. Rounds is rounds is rounds is like, eh, it's not, I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying that it's a lot easier than doing a freaking medical hospital when there's no one there to help you. And you're the only, you're the only psychiatric provider that's there that is oh my gosh anyways this is gonna end um i'm stuck in traffic maybe i'll do another blog maybe i'll continue this or maybe i'll go on with a different topic i don't know but for those of you that are deciding one or the other this one was mainly about uh, about psychiatry i can go into the fnp portion if if anyone is interested in deciding whether it's psychiatry or whether it's fnp that they want to go into and i can tell you what my thoughts are uh, and my experiences were with working as an FNP, um, but I do love psychiatry more. I I love the flexibility. I you know I have I like playing detective and trying to figure out what's going on. Um, and you know I, I like the I, I don't know it's 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 a good fit for me. Maybe it's not for you, but if anyone wants one about FNP, yo, reach out, let me know, and I'll do one about the FNP. All right, everyone, have a great day. Bye.